G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. On a Thursday, we check in with Family Voice Australia and a special welcome back to 2020 to Greg Bonder, who is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Delighted to be here again. Hey, Greg, sort of a positive focus uh, to kick off on some of the issues we'll talk about today. Some uh, new laws in New South Wales set to tackle religious discrimination, and uh, and we hope we're not hearing the wrong things here, but uh, some positive news about the Attorney-General in New South Wales. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Um, uh, you, you know, we have to give credit to government uh, when credit is due, and... Uh, it is so pleasing to see the New South Wales government propose um, a religious discrimination bill, um, and that will be tabled in uh, in the coming months or perhaps next year. But uh, what they're waiting on for the government, that is, is to make sure that uh, you know they are in tune with the forthcoming uh, federal government uh, religious discrimination bill, Neil, which you know is being under consideration at the moment. And family voice, in particular myself, I'm in very much very close uh, conversation with the Attorney General's office on the proposed bill. So that will come out before the end of the year. Now, once that comes out, the New South Wales government will then look at how best to introduce a religious discrimination bill. My only reservation, Neil, is, and this is great news, though, but my only reservation is that we make sure that uh, we look at the finer detail, as you know, um, to coin a phrase that devil is in the detail and we have to make sure that it's in tune with the Christian and faith thinking of many of the uh, uh, denominations here in Australia. And, um, and and the other point I should make is that this is long overdue because you would uh, well know that the expert panel report, uh, Religious Freedom Review by the Ruddick Review, had recommended that New, New South Wales should amend its anti-discrimination law to protect against discrimination. So good news all round. Now. And how it works here, Greg, uh, I mean, as I understand it, uh, the idea of adding religion to existing protected grounds, uh, which are on all sorts of other levels, is the way the New South Wales Attorney General is thinking of how to protect religious freedom. Is that your understanding of what's happening? Yeah, what, what what's happening is the proposed bill... Uh, will make um, discrimination of religion unlawful. Now, this is in line with what they've already got. Now, you may not agree with all of this, but the current Anti-Discrimination Act 1977 for New South Wales has such protected grounds for discrimination, including disability, sex, race, age, marital or domestic status, uh, transgender status or carers' responsibilities, and even homosexuality. Now, they're going to add religion to that as well. But again, Neil, we have to look at the fine detail because you don't know what sometimes is inserted that may or may, may, or may not advantage the uh, Christian community. 
Now, the Commonwealth Government is intending to introduce a religious discrimination bill, and uh, I think everyone's sort of on the edge of their seat waiting for that uh, before any sort of election is going to be announced. And so New South Wales, uh, their discussion and moving that through uh, contingent on what happens at a Commonwealth level. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, look, absolutely. I have... uh I have met uh, numerous times at the Attorney-General's office. Um, uh, We have put submissions in. In point of fact, Neil, I'm meeting with the uh, representative of the Attorney-General on Monday, and we're going to talk about what the bill is likely to uh, contain. Now, again, Neil, it's very difficult to comment, uh, to support or oppose until you've seen the legislation. Up till now, and I'm talking about the last two years, and I've I've had meetings with... The attorney, the, the, the then Attorney General Christian Porter. We've had roundtable meetings. We've had uh, forums, and there were people that are opposed to it. People are uh, for it, uh, including organisations. And so, Neil, we really need to see the finer detail of what's going to come out of the AG's office. But there is a there is a need, in my opinion, for for this bill to come to fruition. Well, if there are positive things in there that will protect uh, religious freedom, no doubt uh, the Attorney-General in New South Wales will be under fairly significant attack from all of the opponents there. So, uh, And as you say, Greg Bondar, the devil's in the detail and uh, things can change between now and then. So we'll be looking to monitor that along closely. Hey, uh, let's move on. Um, schools ba- burning Tin Tin Books in a Racism Storm. Uh, what's the story here? Look, as you know, um, <clears throat> th- th- this situation happened back in 2019. But again, it's resurfaced um, uh, because there will be an election in Canada and the opposition leader raised this particular matter. Now, I don't know about you, Neil, but uh, you know, I used to read these books to my kids and um, they sort of loved it and... What's happened is that uh, Radio Canada announced that uh, the, the books, you know, um, <clears throat> Tintin and the um, Asterisk were being burnt by a particular school in Canada, in the um, Canadian province of Ontario. The Pro- Providence Catholic School Board decided to burn some books and remove up to 4,700 books because they did not serve an educational purpose in the sense that they were offensive uh, to the Indigenous community of, of Canada. So really, they went out and burned about 30 books. And Neil, I don't know if your memory is good or not, but I used to watch a film when I was a young kid called Fahrenheit 451, uh, very much a dystopian film, uh, all about censorship. And they were burning books because you weren't allowed to read books. And uh, in actual fact, that film was in 65, I think, but it's now been remade in 1981, uh, but the point I'm making here is, Neil, we are being censored once again on what our kids can and can't read. This is not on, Neil, and I hope it never comes to Australia because we need to make sure that, uh, you know, it is a freedom of conscience and freedom of thought and we should be allowed to read these books. I mean, I mean, they're cartoon books, for goodness sake, Neil. And uh, really, uh, I, I'm so disturbed by this. Well, the idea of burning books uh, has to be disturbing at any level uh, because the idea that you might 
remember our book burning uh, around the Bible being burnt. I mean, yeah. this is the sort of thing uh, that you, you know, the mind uh, starts to think of. But uh, when there are uh, racist uh, overtones in books of the past, uh, in some sense here, a little bit like monuments that people like to pull down and destroy, uh, there is a sense here in which you can learn from uh, those instances of how things have changed culturally over the time. And so uh, I guess there's always going to be an argument not to burn books, uh, but it does make a huge statement when somebody does uh, throw books on the fire. Hey, uh, a new report... This one's very interesting and even disturbing. Yeah. Finding five million Australians hit by some level of connection to suicides during the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, that's pretty disturbing stuff, Greg. Yeah, absolutely, Neil. And this is what I can't understand about many, many people in Parliament. You know, here we have a report, uh, a very significant report by Suicide uh, Prevention Australia. This is their State of the Nation report, uh, and ironically, Neil, it was re- it was released last Friday, which was, in, believe it or not, World Suicide Prevention Day. That was Friday, the tenth of September. But what do we have now, Neil? What a COVID paradox we have. We we are forced to make sure that we have a have a, a jab, even though if you don't want it, so you don't die. At the next minute, we're free to choose our death under the Queensland New South Wales proposed voluntary assistant dying. I mean, society is in a great turmoil. It cannot decide what it wants to do. And quite frankly, Neil, this is so disturbing that suicide is really, really a, 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 an issue for all people, all communities, and in particular for us as Christians, because, you know, we, we value life. And, and I was just reading Genesis 1, uh, where we're talking about creator himself uh, life is a gift for all of us, Neil, and uh, we've got to remember that, 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 you know, life is a gift for all of us. And to take it away through the value-added uh, voluntary assisted dying bill that Queensland is voting on today, the New South Wales will introduce, what a paradox it is that here we are trying to save lives, lives, trying to save lives under COVID and yet killing them under voluntary assisted dying. Neil, it's a real mess. It's a big hypocrisy and uh, drawing attention to it. Uh, is just drawing attention to the obvious and uh, no doubt listeners will appreciate uh, drawing that attention and uh, just to understand there have never been more lives lost to suicide in this country than right now there are some numbers out Australia's annual suicide rate Mm. 3,318 and uh, more than three times the deaths from COVID-19 now (laughs) people can interpret that as, as they want but But those are disturbing. Three times more suicides than deaths to COVID-19. Yeah. And and, and the interesting thing here, Neil, is that the reason people suicide, in particular, if you look at the data, social isolation, that's the same reason for voluntary assisted dying, unemployment, family, cost of living, drugs, burden. And and the report says clearly that the most at risk of people committing Suicide over the next 12 months will be the 12 to 25-year-olds, 42%. Middle-aged Australians around about 29%. And in particular, men, Neil, 29% of men will commit suicide because of one of the reasons, as I said, whether it's unemployment, family relationship, income, drugs or alcohol. Neil, this is a real issue and we need to protect these people's lives, not 
not promote them under voluntary assisted dying now. That's right. Hey, Greg, let's top this up with a little bit of sad news. I was saddened to hear this week that in New South Wales, uh, the Reverend Fred Nile has disendorsed Lyle Shelton as his successor. And I've been speaking to Fred Nile, I've been speaking to Lyle Shelton as they're manoeuvring their way along this path. And so it is uh, quite a shock uh, and certainly saddening to uh, hear some news this week that uh, that Lyle Shelton has been disendorsed. Now, uh, you're a personal friend of Fred Nile, and uh, you know Lyle Shelton personally. Uh, what are your thoughts as to what's been unfolding? Neil, look, I have to tell you, when I, my time in federal parliament down there in Canberra, I learned one thing, uh, Neil, and that is that a week in politics is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that said, what I'm trying to say here is that Politics will change overnight. Now, I've spoken to Lyle. I spoke to him last week. I'm sure he doesn't mind me mentioning that. I've spoken to Fred um, and his people in um, at Parliament House. The situation we have here is that sometimes decisions are made uh, in the in the absence of full inf- uh, fact. Now, what happened here is, Neil, quite frankly, is that the Christian Democratic, Democratic Party, and as you know, I was a federal director of that for many years, um, is now in a state of turmoil. It has seen some a lot of angst and um, inboard inboard fighting. Uh, there were there were people there that you know wanted Fred there, and people that didn't want Fred there. Look, I saw Lyle as a real uh, chance for the Christian Democratic Party to really make a go of it at the next election. Unfortunately, Fred has decided, and he's said he's sought divine guidance to, to say he wants to stay until the election in 2023 and and finish off his term. Now, that puts the party and Lyle into an awkward position. And I'm hoping at the next um, council meeting, the Christian Democratic Party <coughs> council meeting, that the matter will be resolved now because we can't have bickering and infighting within a Christian organisation. So I'm hoping both Fred and Lyle will come to say I do I or at least some sort of resolution that will ensure that we have Christians in politics and, um, you know, making sure that uh, there is a survival for a Christian uh, political party. It certainly is the case that there are a lack of Christian voices on the political horizon right now and uh, staring towards a new federal election not too far away. Yeah. Christian Democratic Party was one of those hopes that there might be uh, some uh, federal uh, candidates right around Australia for the Christian Democratic Party so that there might be a voice. This does throw a little bit of a spanner into the works there and we'll be monitoring along that mm. closely as to see what actually does uh, come about from that. Um, I think uh, it was Fred Nile's birthday yesterday and mm. uh, so not getting any younger but uh, but deciding to press on uh, through the length of his term. I think he... He clocks over 40 years in that seat uh, in yep. November this year. Um, Greg, good getting your uh, insights. Before I do let you go, uh, what have you got coming up? You've got a few uh, a, a few events and campaigns you're working on? Yeah, very important, very important, Neil. And um, on Monday the 20th, that's um, <clears throat> next week, at 10.30, I have a meeting with a number of MPs who are opposed to euthanasia and voluntary assisted dying. I've got the, the Honourable Fred Nile. Uh, Fred's going to join me. I've got a couple of other state politicians, Nathaniel Smith, 
and Kevin Donnelly and uh, Connolly. And what we've got also is your Dr. Mark Robertson, the Queensland Shadow Minister for Multicultural Communities. He's going to join me as well. And I've got a lovely lady from the Notre Dame University. So we're going to talk about why we must oppose voluntary assisted dying. And uh, I'm hoping everyone will join me. It's free. Just go to the Family Voice website and register. Familyvoice.org.au. And, uh, of course, euthanasia will be our topic of conversation through this coming hour. Wendy Francis joining us in just a few minutes from now. Greg Bonder, great getting your insights as always. Uh, Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg, uh, thanks for joining us on 2020. Yeah, thank you, Neil, and God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.